Loading Nerd Track Program. Listen when ready. Idiot. <laughs> All right, descent part two. Here we go, David. There we go. No. <laughs> no. All right. Let's actually I get thought into I was the... being all clever and <laughs> Nope, you are not clever at all. I'm just like, I've, what? I've warned you about being clever. Don't be don't, clever. Don't do that. All right. Welcome <laughs> to the Nerd Trick Podcast, everybody. Thank you for joining us again. I am Jeff, and I'm here with David. Hey, guys. And Phil. Hey, everybody. And, of course, our guest, uh, Tony, is back with us. Welcome back, sir. Yay. Hey, thanks for having me again. Of course. Well, we can't, you can't do a two-parter and not have you back. Because we're going to, like, <laughs> cliffhanger everything. Um, yeah. I want to ask, so I know um, we talked a little bit in our first part, um, you do Hero Within, you know, nerdy uh, fashion and other cool stuff. Um, I think right now you you currently would have licenses for Star Trek and Doctor Who, right? Yes. Okay. And Godzilla. Ooh, okay. Yeah. We just wrapped our Warner Brothers license. Um, and yeah, so, you know, we're, we have a couple licenses that we're in development so hopefully we'll announce that before before july san diego comic-con time okay so, some top yeah. secret ones Ooh, nice yeah okay do you have if if you can share do you have like a like a a fan like dream list like what was like what would you want to design something for like what fandom oh you know i don't really i don't, know, I don't really think of it that way because um I, I, you know i love everything i just feel like that you know there there are times when um you know i want to do something that's anime related there are times where i want to do stuff that's fantasy related Mm -hmm. um uh, you know after watching a couple seasons of mandalorian i thought it'd be so cool to do something with with mandalorian and i mean Mm -hmm. i when i now now that i've been doing this this, let's see this is a year five for here within and now, whenever I'm watching or experiencing something, I I immediately start grinding it through the gears of here within, and like, oh, what can we do, and how can we, you know, whatever. So, yep. um, so I'm constantly, you know, thinking and dreaming and hoping and all that. Um, and uh, so, you know, we're always in a process of. Uh, gaining more licenses and shutting down licenses and evolving and exploring and, and all that. So, um, so yeah, you know, there, there's going to be a lot, a lot of new different types of products coming out in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, geez, I, yeah. I could go on and on about the <laughs> stuff that I'd love to develop, but, but yeah, oh, sure. for me, it, for me, it just, it, it really is best when something that's personal, something that I, you know, I do, you know, have some sort of affinity for, and 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been very grateful for the team over at Viacom. Um, they've been super great to work with for the past few years. And um, they are like the, the spirit of Star Trek. You know, they have a, a, a sort of um, an explorer sort of attitude. You know, they really do want to partner with people that want to create new and unique and different types of products. And um, they've always been very great and very supportive. And so uh, I'm just grateful to be a part of the Viacom. That's awesome. The, the Viacom slash CBS slash Paramount family. <laughs> All of it. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, n- um, since nerds are not typically just into one thing, I think nerds generally have a good cross section of, of interests. <laughs> um, what are some of your other like favorite fandoms that you just love like you said anime or like yeah. what are some of your other ones um you know i grew up uh my the comic book in the universe that i loved the most was dc so i was a big dc comics guy yeah. and kind of like how i mentioned in the in my previous podcast um you know growing up in a in a small town in texas and, and feeling that sense of like not belonging um i really also really besides star trek i really gravitated towards dc um, because the whole idea of like, uh, you know, a stranger from another land and trying to, mm. you know, find your place in this world. And, you know, the Superman was my, my favorite uh, character growing up because this whole idea that, you know, he came from Krypton and he's here yeah. living in Smallville and in Metropolis and he's trying to fit in, but he's also trying to find his voice and his place in this big world. And, he knows mm-hmm. he's there for a purpose, and he's he he he's not um, he's not any one character. He's really multiple. You know, he's he's sort of like he's Superman, he's Clark Kent, he's no. Smallville, and he, he he lives and he lives and thrives in multiple environments. You know, and um, and when you really think about it, like the whole idea of the immigrant or like not belonging someplace. That's, that's very, you know, common in so many of our, you know, pop culture stories. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a very common theme we think about. Um, so, so yeah, DC was really big for me. I loved DC uh, growing up. Of course, I was a Star Wars fan, uh, uh, like everyone else. Um, and, uh, yeah, jeez. Uh, I mean, Lord of the Rings, everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, all of it. So, but those yeah. are probably, I think, DC and Star Trek were like my bread and butter for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good I mix. Had, I had the uh, Star Trek club, you know, like I made all my friends join like a club for Star Trek. <laughs> you know, back then as awesome. kids, they all wanted to, they all wanted to play Star Wars, but like I made them get to join my Star Trek club. Yeah. You're like, so, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very small and prestigious group of fans, but uh, of course you're like, no, we're going to negotiate peace and we're going to discuss it. We're not going to shoot anybody. (laughs) (laughs) You get to be an ambassador and we get to talk politics. (laughs) That's amazing. They all thought I was crazy, but you know, I I love, you know, we, um, my brother and I, you know, collected all the the models and all the, yeah toys and we had all of our fleets and all that stuff and of course back then there wasn't a lot of great options when it came to having ships i mean there just wasn't a lot of models and the models were fragile or whatever and um 
but man, yeah, I, I, all my friends had like Millennium Falcons and all that, and I had like you know the Enterprise and. <laughs> yeah, the marketing for Trek has never been. I always go back to that. There's that show on Netflix, the the toys that made us, mm-hmm. and it talks yeah. about mm-hmm. marketing and toys from all these different franchises. And the Trek one is just they were terrible Ugh, at so marketing. Bad. It was like up and down, and just they would promote the wrong ones, and it was just it was not oh. good. Uh, they were terrible. I had um, I had a um, I think it was for the motion picture, but they had a um, Enterprise that. It was, it was like um, it was modular where you could take off like the engine of sounds and move it to another ooh, part of the ship. And, then, um, and it had like some sound effects, whatever. And it was pretty big. I was probably 18 inches long or something like that. And oh, that's um, cool. that, that was my favorite toy for the longest time. So. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. That's really cool. It's like yeah. flying it around the room. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, let's dive into Gambit Part 2. Um, a lot more happens in this one, absolutely. So this is TNG Season 7, Episode 5, Gambit Part 2, original air date October 16th, 1993. Um, yeah, so we get the rest of um, you know them shooting at the Enterprise. We get um, we actually learn what the general like what they're looking for um so let's kind of go back i know tony said in our last one there's not really like stakes for the this artifact that we're finding so we we learn it was um from when the vulcans were very like savage it's 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 a psionic weapon that can um kill people with your mind but yeah we don't really get a good kind of like it's like you can defeat it with being nice think happy (laughs) thoughts yeah, think happy thoughts. It's, it's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Clear your head. Don't think anything <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. But, well, especially I mean, since, like, when we saw it in action, it was like, it shot out like a, some sort of chocolate goo or something like that. And it, like, yeah. it takes a few <laughs> seconds to get to you. And then, you know, so it was so slow and slow. It was very underwhelming, you know. And it would have been nice if we, there was some sort of, like, maybe it's a flashback or something where, you know, maybe the, per- the user could destroy entire starship or can destroy mm. a planet just by thinking of it you know imagining like a big wave just obliterating a planet but there was no sense of like of you know of you know of eminent danger yeah. cat- catastrophic risk you know with yeah this you know well i kind of wish like because yeah it 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 was slow so like when it's attacking those two people i kind of wish picard just would like walked up to her and like knocked it out of her hand goes stop that like <laughs> knock it off yeah. that's all you could have yeah. done yeah yeah like a cat on a table he's like no stop yeah. that <laughs> now, the, now the now the story and the lore and the culture behind that that was fantastic the whole idea of god of yeah. war got a peace and you know, and all that. And uh, I think the, the idea of it was great. I just think that the execution was a little underwhelming. I don't, um, I know we've gotten tidbits of kind of Vulcan lore. Like they've always like with Spock, they've been like, Oh, this is when we were more emotional and we were savages, but we've never got like any of their mythology before this. I, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Nothing major like this happened. Yeah. I, I'm kind of like, I want to know more about like who's, who's the Vulcan God of, death and who's the Vulcan <laughs> got a piece i want to know more about that right because it still has yeah, it still has power it, it still retains power so. yeah but, like were they, they actual it. gods or were they just like people who were there at the time were they like warlords like i i'm so curious now and they talked about that it was they, they made mention of that 
it it was like a couple thousand years old or something. So mm-hmm. did they have, and then the pieces had to be separated and they gave the impression that they were separated by like, not just, it was like across space, you know? Mm-hmm. So did they have space travel for the past 2000 years as well? Or cause it, you kind of sense that they're yeah. in a similar timeline as us. And so, um, that's a good question. I wonder how long the Vulcans have had. I mean, obviously the first instance was like in first contact. You know, I mean, they are more advanced there, but yeah. Well, yeah. And that was, and that was just contact with, yeah. with us. With humans. We've been yeah. spacefaring before that. Yeah. But you know, you don't, I, I guess you don't really quite know if like, they're like millennia ahead of us or they, you know, 500 years ahead of us in space time. Or, the impression's always been a very long time, but I don't know if well, it's ever, anything's ever been said about exactly how long. But Picard does say something. He says, oh, about 2,000 years ago, your ancestors were savage or so, like something like that. He says yeah. 2,000 years, mm-hmm. which kind of puts it on a timeline with Earth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because the technology is, is not like, I mean, like super crazy more advanced than, than the Federation. You know, I mean. That's true. Well, but they still had the ability to spread the pieces throughout the galaxy. So that means they must have had space travel in some form even back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So at least a couple of millennia. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Crazy. Yeah, because they could have been savages, but just with spaceships. They were just angry (laughs) in space. Why not? (laughs) Look at the Klingons. They are. They do just fine. They're still like that. That's true. Okay. Um, David. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So uh, again, I know you have an issue with some of the two-parters. Does this live up to the expectation? Do you think this this was a good story overall, or better, or worse? I did like it. I think it stood up to the first one. I think it could have closed out a little better. I mean, definitely when what's her name on there's like I'm a undercover Vulcan agent. I was kind of thinking the same thing that Tony said last episode of like how oblivious was this guy that everybody on his <laughs> ship is an undercover Everybody's agent, a friggin' double agent, him. but. <laughs> I'm also a little numb to the unusual coincidences in Star Trek at this point, because that's very common. Like, oh, (laughs) of course, she's a Vulcan agent, too, because that's what they need right now. That's just how that's going to work. So I do. I think I like it. I think it holds key with the first one. It held my interest. It closed out well enough. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's an eight, just like the first one. Okay. Well, but then we find out, obviously, because she mentions that there's like a Vulcan splinter group that wants to go back that's like very xenophobic and wants to go back to just um pure vulcanness mm-hmm. um yeah. <laughs> so she's not an uh, actual undercover person she's but she looks like a romulan so is she really a vulcan part of this like splinter group who made herself look like a romulan or is she a romulan like we don't really get a lot of resolution with that i don't think we get any resolution the, right <laughs> i'm under the impression that she is a part of the splinter group and you know, she's just under disguise or something to to pose as a Romulan because it, it seemed like that as she was describing the group and mm-hmm. at how she ties it at the end that she basically is, is a part of that group. So that's she knows what's up. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I did like that twist. I thought that was a little unexpected and it was cool to kind of hear about this, this secret Vulcan, you know, I, I forget. What did they, did they give it a name? I can't remember the, the secret. Yeah. Service of Vulcan. <laughs> I don't know what they call oh, it. Oh, uh, like Vulcan security? 
Yeah, was that what they called it? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why like, they're like they're like CIA or uh, something. The, then... the Vashar. Vashar. That's yeah, the Vashar okay. is the yeah, Vulcan. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Even though she was faking it, I thought that was really cool that they introduced that. And that's a nice twist, definitely. Yeah, because we don't. Um, it's interesting for some of these species that have been around in Star Trek for a while, like the Vulcans, we don't know a ton about the Vulcans, like what their structure is, their government structure. Do they have like a, like a CIA? Do they have a security force, even though they're all logical, you know? Um, so yeah, it was kind of interesting to get a bit more of that side of it and that there is rumblings on Vulcan, that there's other groups that are like, we don't like aliens and especially coming from a, I can see when they do the human stories of like xenophobia, that makes sense for humans. Cause Humans can suck, um, but it's interesting when they have it from the, when, from the aliens' point of view, like from a Vulcan point of view, when they're like, "Oh, you know, humans suck. We should just have all Vulcans." It's it's interesting. Yeah, and kind of logical. If it happens on one side, it probably happens on the other. <laughs> probably. I mean, that's like a lot of the Klingons and Cardassians don't really like a lot of other people too. So, yeah, I get that. Um. What else? Yeah, so this, oh yeah, well, kind of going back to what you guys were saying, yeah, he, uh, the head of this Marauder group, like, he just, he trusts Riker a little too much. Like, he, he says, oh, I'm cautious with you, but he, he's not. He's, he's like, hey. Bran is just a dumbass. Yeah, and and he, like, loud whispers, oh, kill, kill Galen. Like, there's people right there, and he's just saying, Mm -hmm. kill him. I guess that's true. I was going to say, he does what we see just about every other underhanded person in every TV show and movie ever do, where they're yeah. like, oh, you're swelling loyalty to me? All right, kill that other guy. Yeah. Do it in front of me. I want to see it. Like, yeah. While you guys yeah. are on the Enterprise, I want you to kill him. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wish that he was uh, smarter. You know, I think that if they had somehow him and, and Talera were some, like they were in cahoots to, you know, double cross galen or something like that but um it did it, it, it he was kind of an idiot because he just trusted everybody. he just trusted yeah. everybody he, he literally had three double agents like in his crew and there's probably more the other ones probably just died they didn't get kids to reveal themselves you know <laughs> the they, were like, <laughs> they probably get fed up with it and just kill themselves yeah, yeah. Um, i want to see see an episode of that where like like what's happening to all the other crewmates. And they're like, well, I'm a double agent for this group and I'm a double agent for this group. But they're like, let's not say anything until this all sorts yeah. itself out. Triple cross, triple cross, quadruple cross. <laughs> what cross are we at again? Who's on what side? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I like um, data gets to be in command. I like his interactions oh, yeah. with Worf. That's mm-hmm. some good stuff. I, um, really, cause, yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause their, their whole talk of like, um, where Worf is like questioning him because uh, Worf has always been like, you know, we need to like blow shit up. Um, but that talk never let me eject data. a warp car. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shacks like shacks. Yeah. I love shacks. Um, I love that whole interaction though, with data and Worf in the other ready room. That was good stuff. Yeah. We're like, Oh, I'm sorry if I ruined our friendship and they're like, Oh, well, if you can forget this, I can forget this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how Data plays that, and, you know, he, it's interesting how he, like, he, he, like, initiates his, like, command subroutines, you know, because he, he becomes very uh, captain-like as the way mm-hmm. he sits and his mannerisms, and he says, like, make it mm-hmm. so, and then when he's, when he's doing his, like, when he's, when he's uh, uh, confronting Worf, I mean, it's very, 
in the spirit of what Picard would say or do, you know, and yeah, um, and Brent Spiner just did a fantastic job with with uh, in this episode. Yeah, well, and and like you guys were saying, it's you know they they get to act a little bit different, you know, like Picard gets to be kind of Galen and have this persona, Riker gets to spice things up, and Data gets to not just be Data, but and Worf uh, gets to be a shitty first officer. <laughs> <laughs> he just takes some practice they all moved up like th- three ranks in the course of a couple days yeah everybody gets promoted and then demoted again and like, they're like ah yeah. well, it you know, sense because he's just like i do this all the time and data's like yeah as that now you're this and Not i this. get why Worf would be like oh i just kind of did the same thing in a different spot on the bridge mm-hmm. but it's a different role so yeah i didn't exactly. quite get uh there was a little bit of a um, I was a little confused because I I believe that if if Picard and Riker are absent, yes, Data um, would assume command. Mm-hmm. But I think I believe Jordy LaForge outranked Worf during this period of time. I think um, I yeah. believe Jordy is a lieutenant commander and Worf is a lieutenant. And yeah, because he doesn't get a promotion until generations when they're on the holodeck. Yeah, the whole that's right. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. So I don't know. Because I mean, clearly, uh, Jordy is, you know, he's on the bridge. He just, but he's definitely not taking. You know, I, I don't. Maybe they did that for tension's sake, but um, mm. I didn't quite get why well, that happened. Or maybe Data, because he became captain, got to choose his first officer, and he picked Worf because Jordy's more important down below. Yeah. That is what he says. He goes mm-hmm. like, he's basically he's like, shape up, or I'm gonna go get Jordy and have him come up here and I'll <laughs> move you down there. You can do Jordy's job, and Worf's like, uh, no, I'd rather, I'd rather <laughs> stay good. up here. <laughs> yeah. I like my, I like my new job. I'm good. Sorry. Yeah. It's too bad they didn't. Um, I know, I know it wasn't for a long period, but um. Remember in the episode where uh, Data was in command of that one ship where they were doing the uh, um, yeah when they're doing the exercise oh yeah uh, well he, where he had the where he had the similar they were doing the um, it was a Cardassian no they were de- yeah, they were Cardassian. deploying the detection net it was the yeah. Romulan Klingon war yeah 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 I remember he was in charge of that one ship that had that real sucky uh, first officer that was giving him a hard time. Yeah. Well, you know, he was in the uh, dress. He was in his uh, the red command uniform, you know, because he was commanding the ship. It would have been cool if they put him in the red uniform just for this, you know. Just for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that always looks weird to me when you get used to someone in like a certain color and then they change. and You're like, this just feels all like off. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's good. Yeah. But you're just like, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's like when when you get to Voyager and the the doctor becomes like the command hologram and he has like a red thing. And you're like, that just feels off. But that was cool though. Cause at least that was a really cool special yeah. effect. And like his collar pips and everything go choop, 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 choop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else happens in this? Yeah. So we get James worthy being the Klingon. I like the whole bit of like, well, we can do a health and safety inspection. You're like, and oh, yeah. we need a reason to use Bev doing something. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. like, uh, what? <laughs> There's no radiation leaking. I guess that's good. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> well, and just James Worthy being a Klingon, like when he just, he pours that wine out and you're just yeah, like, just, he's like, <laughs> screw you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I know exactly what's happening he here. <laughs> he did a great job. I mean, he was very imposing, and um, the, the, the I, I do love how Star Trek, um, even in the most serious episodes, finds little injects little bits of humor here and there, and it feels appropriate. You know, it didn't it didn't feel like it's slapstick, but it just the, the awkwardness between Data and this huge Klingon, yeah, um, was was mm-hmm. really comical. So. I want to know, like, what's the story behind? Is James Worthy a fan of Star Trek, where or that we're just like, hey, let's just grab? Like, I I want to know what the story is behind that casting. That'd be so interesting. Yeah, I remember. I mean, it's been a long time, but I do remember that he was a fan, and he basically requested to make a cameo appearance. I don't remember any more details, but um, I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he says like five words. He doesn't. He doesn't say much, especially when you know he's this huge guy and he comes out of this like tiny ass little shuttle pod. It's, it'd be like him being like in a mini or something. It's like What's clown car, funny, clown never, cars it. It is it, kind of funny because they. Uh, we don't even know what happened to him because he's on the he's being interrogated in the ready yeah. room or whatever, and then all of a sudden uh, a raiding party lands and starts firing, and then. Riker's dead, and I'm sure he's like, "What is going on?" <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It would have been awesome if he like whipped out a knife and just started like killing people, you know, stabbing people. <laughs> that would be very Klingon. It would. Yeah. Well, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if they detained him. If he, I don't know if he was like smuggling, or they just let him go. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, we do get a few more deaths in this one. I think we get three because the two in the cave die from the psionic weapon and then Baron Baron, yeah, yeah right. he dies because Picard so how does how does Picard change the things like why couldn't he do that before I don't mm-hmm. understand how he like repelled it he like reversed the oh, polarity of it yeah they didn't really explain how he suddenly got access to do that huh yeah they just I said mean, there's, a, there's a lot of these two episodes where People just figure things out because they need to figure it out, you know. It just, yeah, a, a lot of that going on. But and I mean, why does uh, Baron, Baron? Am I saying his name right? Is it Baron? What is it? I can't it, remember. It's something Bar- like that. Baran. 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 Oh, Baran. Yeah, yeah Baran. Right. Um, why does he have a, a shot collar on himself? Like, yeah. Just, well, he's a yeah. moron. So <laughs> when he gets out of line himself, he's like. Yep. He likes it. He enjoys it a little bit. I mean, I, I, <laughs> Speaking of people I, and their kinks. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was assuming maybe like there was another commander that he, you know, killed. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Over th- over didn't he say that? Of the ship. Yeah. Didn't he say there was a previous captain and he took over? Well, yeah. That's why he said he didn't didn't use the tool effectively on him. Oh, uh, okay. On that. Yeah, because he yeah. said that he's like he didn't use it well on me i use it better uh, on other people oh okay well you he think if he was smart that. enough he would have probably taken that off <laughs> yeah right You'd he's think. like as soon as he becomes captain i would rip that yeah. out mm-hmm. that's true um okay so david add those three into our our death count that's why they needed a scene after Picard gets back on the Enterprise of Beverly trying to futz with the thing and just going, son of a bitch. I can't, <laughs> <laughs> to come off. <laughs> can't do anything. Stupid thing. All right. So three more in this episode. I believe it's just three. Yeah. Yep. All 
All right, so we have our standard TOS of 1650, our Borg deaths of 5,012, and now 18,090 TNG deaths for a total of 24,752. We're inching up at 25,000. I, I think we'll get to 25. We're going to get there in the movies. <laughs> I think we'll get there. Definitely first contact. Can I ask, uh, since I'm a newbie to this, what, what was the largest death toll? Like moment the best of, of the best of both worlds. Wolf the Battle of Wolf three five nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Were there not were there not any planets that perished during the series, like causing millions or billions of deaths? Well, we do have mm. rules where there has to be some kind of quantifiable measure. So either they have to say a rough number, or there has to be something online that says a typical crew complement or something. We can't just be like, yeah, yeah. If it was Star yeah. Wars blowing up Alderaan, we're like, all of them. Mm. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't think there's been any planets. Um, mm-hmm. A few ships have blown up. Like, and yeah. that's, so that's like a thousand people. Right, right, right. Okay. But I think Wolf 359 was a good, it was like 11 or 12,000 people, roughly. Uh, yeah, that was a good yeah. chunk of it. There was a bunch. Yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, I know because when we get to the JJ ones, like when they destroy Vulcan, like yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of people. A lot of people. We Which may just have to count that we'll as a separate about category. Planet deaths. One. JJ one. <laughs> one <laughs> planet one yeah all right um i did also like um well kind of going back i think tony you mentioned this on in the first one how their kind of bread and butter for star trek is figuring stuff out on the bridge and i like the whole interaction of like well there's there's two separate ones where they're in that battle with the ship and data's like drop the shields make it you know give them a good show mm-hmm. and then they find that secret code from up a card and then they have to like figure it out and see where they're going to go. So I, I like all that stuff too. Like it, they kind of throw that in to like mix it up. Yeah. They're, they're thinking some of the, yeah. some intelligence. Well, no, there. It was, I mean, there was that, like you're looking at data and you obviously see Riker give the order and he's like, can you explain? And he's like, no, hang up. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, you see him send it and then you're like, is data's like more logical computery brain going to catch on to the fact that he was being, Maybe. Not facetious, yeah. but trying to send a kind of a hidden message. Mm. And luckily, well, it seems like he did. Well, let me ask you guys this then. I mean, um, and maybe I'm just jaded because I know way too much about Star Trek stuff or other stuff. But like, would it, do you think anyone on the mercenary ship would have been like, "Hey, are your codes still good because you got kidnapped?" Do you think they would have changed them like for security purposes? Like, no one else caught that. No. Well, they, yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they thought he was a long like he was disgraced a bit so i'm sure they were all kind of like ah eh, but none of them were like no it's not gonna work they wanted to see right. i bet you they were all sitting there going like watch he's gonna screw this up like <laughs> his codes aren't gonna be good yeah he's he's, Captain Jack's too he's dumb, gonna jack but... this up we're gonna kill him right here yeah um yeah that would be interesting yeah i don't know i like hmm. this whole the whole both parts it's, the resolution for me is fine. I'm okay with however. You're okay with that? Yeah, I don't have any yeah. issues with. It has its level of co- coincidence, coincidentiality. I don't know what to use there, <laughs> but it is coincidental. But again, yeah. that's kind of trick. Yeah. And you're doing an hour, you know, two hour long episodes. You're not really doing a full movie, even though it's about the same amount of time. So you have to kind of have some coincidences in there. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I know it makes the it gets the plot going and 
Um, and especially doing something as convoluted as this. I mean, that's probably what would have made it a 10-ish for me, is if like it had been amazing writing that didn't have any of this stuff that felt coincidental, but yeah, that's so rare. <laughs> yeah, it still worked for the story, I think. Yeah, it, nothing, it wasn't ruined by any means, so. Yeah, it doesn't stall or anything, so, yeah. Okay. Because there are those ones where you're like, okay, that's way too coincidental. Like, it's just lazy writing. This didn't feel lazy, per se, but. I think it worked pretty well, because I think it it did, it was one long story. Um, So I like the way it paced itself, and it wasn't just like, oh, let's wrap everything up in the end. It was like, it still worked pretty well. It was planned. You could see the planning in it, so even though it yeah. wasn't perfectly planned, it was planned. Yeah, it, it got it, it got the job done. Yeah. <laughs> this, this felt pretty. This felt pretty organized, like they had thought it through. Now, granted, is it a hundred percent so that there isn't any coincidences? Yeah. But if you look at almost any movie and you pick it apart, or any TV yeah, series know. and you pick it apart, We're, you're gonna get that. If there's one thing nerds are good at, it's picking stuff apart and finding all the problems with it. But we still love yeah. it. Hopefully we're not we're not picky. Nerds aren't picky. What are you talking about? What? Um, actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what else happens in this one? I don't know. That's kind of it. Yeah, we so we figure out that, and then yeah, they um, I like the whole yeah when they they beam down in, into the cave at the end, and Picard is just like, empty your thoughts of all violent acts, and it's just that a puddle of goo right passes down. through you basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like how the 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 wave like kind of hesitates in front of Worf. It's like, come on, yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> like, I think we were all a little worried about Worf. Yeah, he's like, come on, we know you got something there. Come on, come on. Well, in, well uh, Tony, I think because like you had said before, like if if there had been like flashbacks or some more um like stakes of of what this yeah. weapon could could do, I think yeah, because it's like if you just love and peace apparently wins all and you don't get to see kind of like this in its full action yeah. <laughs> the answer. you kind of you, you kind of need the uh you know uh, you know how like um in lord of the rings you see uh Sauron with the ring and he's like whipping through all the the the, the armies and you know oh, you yeah kind of see, you, you see him ruling and you know the terror of that ring and and then it gets broken apart and it gets sent different places. You kind of needed some of that to sort of bring the the gravity to it all. But, um, of course, too much to ask on a TV budget, but it would have been nice to kind of see the, the full potential of this device, you know. Can't, and, like, it really, they should have just made it where um, there was a uh, – because we only saw the two – the, the two crew that perished from it but yeah. like you know they they probably should have shown you know like a larger army force or you know There's potential something. to take out yeah something, something. Yeah. make it make it scary make it super scary you know yeah um you just didn't really get any of that well i think too because just how tv didn't really do flashbacks back then or like visualize of like because i yeah it could have worked is is when when she's telling that story of kind of how it worked or when they're talking about those like the glyphs on it they could have flashed back to like you know the scenes of an ancient vulcan and them yeah. doing stuff that would have been cool yeah yeah um but yeah so basically this one ends with they solve it they i'm guessing they dismantle it or the the vulcan uh they're going to get rid of it and then Picard's dead, so he great. can sleep. As you say, it <laughs> ends great, great where he's like, sir, you're dead. And then they're like, well, sir, you're under court-martial. 
And he's like, all right, I'm going to go take a nap, send, take Riker to the brig. And Data's like, this way. And he's like, okay, you, let's know go. He's, you know he's kidding, right, Data? Data. <laughs> like, Data. <laughs> I want to see the resolution to that. Is like, is is he sitting in the brig for a while and then Picard wakes That's, up? Like, <laughs> that is kind of all you need is like Riker sitting there for a second like, this bullshit. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, because Data really doesn't joke. I mean, he doesn't. It's not like he off screen was like, just kidding. I mean, so I think if he played out, he took him to the brig and someone had to wake up Picard. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be amazing. Well, but then I wonder because Riker technically, well, no, he, he did do some bad stuff, but like he didn't really bring down the shields of the enterprise. Like data did that. So, so that's on data. <laughs> but technically too, if they if data put him in the brig, it's not like they're gonna get somewhere and they're gonna be like, Why is this man in here? Be like, Oh, he did all this stuff. Well, he technically does have to stand trial before he's acquitted of those crimes or the that <laughs> those accusations. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, everything's oh, fine know, next week. It would uh, be you a know, captain's another, discretion uh, and he's the captain. You know, we talked we talked about the uh, maybe some of the weaknesses of this episode being the threat and the the risk. I thought another point that I felt like that wasn't really executed well was you remember when uh, I, I, I think I'm reaching back to episode one, but the um, Riker is reporting to Admiral Jacote, which is really weird. Uh, right? Yeah. That. Yeah. I um, about that. That, that even made me perk yeah. up. I'm like, wait, is that the yeah. Jacote? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, how awesome would that have been? But, um, but, you know, he says that he wants to investigate and, the admiral's like, cool, okay, like, yeah. go for it, you know, and uh, you know, a couple things, yeah, a couple <laughs> things there, like, typically, if you lose your, again, the flagship of the Federation loses its captain, their first order of business is that they got to get a replacement captain, and, you know, just the the, uh, the Jellicoe, Captain Jellicoe type scenario, yep. you know, where Ugh. you got to bring somebody else in, it's not like, it's not like uh, Next Man Up, where you just, everyone becomes, you know, Riker's now the new captain, and then they just, they <laughs> And, like, and, hey, high fives all around. Everybody got promotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, Admiral, the Admiral's already like, hey, we're going to move you on to your next assignment and whatever. And so I thought that was kind of weird that they were just were just sort of going along as, you know, regular business. Um, but it, it seemed like it was also bizarre that he's like, yeah, just like you have full discretion. Just do whatever you want with this ship and go for it. And. It felt like story-wise, it would have been much more interesting if they did the typical like come back, you know, come back for reassignments, and you need to get a captain or whatever, and then they just say yeah. orders and they just go on their own to try, which would sort of then lead it into that's why they can't bring in help and other starships and all that stuff because they they're kind of going rogue to try to find their their captain, you know? and then there's there's yeah. constant there's constant um, threat of the of uh, Starfleet bearing down on them as well. And so that I felt like would have added more just tension to the story instead of, yeah, just take a few weeks and go do what you want. But, you know, yeah, he, he gave me free reign. Just yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> your mission's kind of at your Here's discretion. Your catch, go do, do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, like, which oh, is dad let us take, dad, dad's letting us take the car out for a spin by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it felt like that they, they should have created more tension in that area, you know, where he's being, they're being ordered back to get reassigned a new captain and, they're like, no, we're going to go figure this out, you know, and that, I feel like that would have been a little more entertaining than what they, <laughs> they gave. Like, screw you guys. Yeah, kind of that Star Trek 3 where they're like, yeah, they, they steal the Enterprise. 
kind of yeah. going against orders. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, what I think that's what else happens in this? That's about it. Yeah, we figure yeah. out that that's that's what it is. They everything goes back to normal, more or less. Um, yeah. poor Beverly, she's barely in either of these. She just confirms Picard's dead and then does a safety check. She's yeah. OSHA yeah, basically. That's true. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, any other parting thoughts on this one? Anything we missed? No, that's a really good two-parter. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good one. Um, I like this the story the last, as a whole. It's the last two-parter of Next Generation, right? This yeah. Was there, was there any more? I can't remember. I don't think so. Not in season seven. No, they, this was They it, had yeah. a few in season six, and then, yeah, they just had Descent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, season seven is interesting there's some weird ones ahead like mask and it just <laughs> yeah very bizarre there's some interesting ones do you like what are some or do you have a favorite episode of of next gen or of anything um favorite i mean it's hard to be best of both worlds one of the yeah. two and that's just hard that's some good storytelling um well i think isn't uh isn't genesis coming up in season seven yeah. Oh, where they up? like devolve? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that com- that's coming up, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the that's, end of the that's in a few. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was a really freaky episode. I remember watching that as a kid and being like, "This is so weird," you know, because it kind of was a horror movie in some way, in some sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. And, uh, which is which is part of the reason why I like season seven is because you can tell they just were like, "Just try, just try anything," you know. And some <laughs> yeah. of it was, was was did not work, and some of it was really was really great. But you know, I thought that was uh, I thought that was a great episode, and um, um, there's so many good else. ones. Yeah, so many good ones. I mean, it's like the with Inner Light with uh, Picard, we he, he lived a whole lifetime, you know, and yeah, they, don't really refer, yeah. they don't really refer to that very often. But that was such a great, like, incredible, you know, story. And um, yesterday's Enterprise, I mean, it probably yeah to, like. You know, the, the bringing back um, Tasha Yar in, in a new role was just like brilliant, and um, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so, so many good ones. So many good ones, you know. Absolutely. Um. All right. Well, uh, David. I, well, no, you already said it. you you like this one too, right? Yep. This one got yeah, me. Yeah, you're fine. Yep. Yeah, you're good. We okay. rated it and everything. Okay. I I I <laughs> zone out when you talk. Usually, David. Sorry. Damn. <laughs> Shots fired. I do too. That's why my memory seems so bad, Jeff. That's true. It is true. Um okay. Um yeah, I, I, I think uh Gambit is definitely something to go check out. So if if you have not seen yeah. it, yeah, don't don't listen to our recap. Actually go watch it. That's that that that's way better. Yeah. Um <laughs> hey, final question. Why, uh, yeah. why do you think it's called Gambit? Is just like that they were was Picard placing like a it was like a bet that he was risking his career or something or what? Well, I, I felt like it was more Riker making the gambit when he decides to like tell Data to drop the shields and do the. But I guess yeah, you're right. Mm. At no point does it seem like they're making that big of a gamble. Well, it's it's like a chess match. It's a series of moves and counter moves oh, and all the true. double crosses and yeah and. Mm all of the weird interactions and double agents and triple agents, but yeah. Is, is, Gambit, is, Gambit, is Gambit a chess term? Yeah. Yeah. Queen's Gambit. 
Well, but, uh, okay. but Gambit means, but what does Gambit mean? Do we know what it means? I don't. <laughs> it's an if X-Men. Only we had, to Google. If, if, only, <laughs> if only we had some sort of way, some technology that could help us with. A device action like a or dictionary? opening remark, typically one entailing a degree of risk that's calculated to gain an advantage. So chess, yeah, an opening in which a player makes a sacrifice, usually of a pawn, to get some kind of competing advantage. So it is. It's people trying to one-up each other and gain an advantage over them. That's kind of yeah. all of it. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of the whole thing. You give up like, a little bit to try and get more information to get an advantage over something. Okay. It's an X-Men. Yeah. That's all I know. That too. It's an X-Men character. <laughs> <laughs> I want that a crossover. That's what I want. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. Um. Yeah, we covered deaths. We got all that. Okay. I yep. definitely go worth a watch. Go watch the episode. It is good. Um, all right. Well, I'd like to, uh, to say, Tony, thank you for for joining us for both of these. Uh, it was a, a pleasure to to have you on. And if you ever want to come back, you are more than welcome to. Yeah. If you can tolerate know, us. My, yeah, my pleasure. So much fun checking out with fellow fans, and um, you know, it really is a testament of. I mean, decades ago, this series came out, and it was such a risk for Paramount to to create a a whole new crew and ship and you yeah. know um and it could have gone horribly wrong like think about how it could have gone horribly wrong and because of the success it spun off multiple series and continued more movies and so the fact that decades later that we're still talking about it and introducing new fans to it and all that it's it's incredible like it, it really is a, a remarkable feat yes yeah. it doesn't pound for pound like does it stand up to other big franchises like Star Wars and whatnot? I don't know, that's debatable, but the fact that there are, you know, so many series, so many new series coming out, I mean, the, the universe mm-hmm. is so rich. It really is, um, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible. And we won't, the way in today's era, how movies and TV shows are, are canceled so quickly, mm-hmm. I feel like you will never get something quite as expansive as Star Trek ever again. Yeah, I could see it because if it doesn't make money or or it's a huge hit in the first weekend, then it's it's gone. gone. Usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I that's mean, true. Thing we have to, the close thing we have to right now is just kind of like the Marvel MCU with the with the Disney Plus streaming you know services as far as the connected universe. But yeah. still, it's not quite like it's not quite as you know interconnected as Star Trek has been over the past you know fifty years or whatever. That's true. Yeah, and they did they did it for a long time. Yeah. That makes, yeah, I I can only imagine if this had like if it did like one season, like Star Trek would just be like some footnote. Oh yeah, it was on for a couple yeah. years. They tried to reboot it. Yeah. It didn't do well. Like yeah, we'd be those it, crazy be like, like, Firefly fans. Yeah, it would. <laughs> it would definitely. It would be like Firefly. It would, it would have a small little falling, but then that's it. And so anyway, but the fact that I get a chance to nerd out with you guys over it was a privilege, and uh, I appreciate it. And yeah. hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, no, absolutely. And thank you so much. Um, but well, tell us, tell people where uh, they can find you online and then also where they can find Hero Within. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, crazy, the number four Comic-Con, so crazy for Comic-Con, where I ramble on about pop culture and comic conventions because I'm at a convention every couple of weeks or so. And uh, you can always find um, more about Hero Within at herewithinstore.com. And then you can search all the socials for Hero Within and find us on Instagram and twitter and all that good stuff so awesome. yeah go check it out nerds do it <laughs> <laughs> because right. we said so 
because we said so, and we're we're very influential. We're not. That's it for us, uh, David. Why don't you do our spiel? Alrighty, yeah, check us out at nerdtrekpodcast.com where we got links to our social medias. You can see our smiling faces looking at you through the TV screen at the Meet the Nerds section. You can go buy some of our shit at Cafe Press or now at Bonfire, and we'll make a buck or two, maybe. And whenever you are done crisscrossing over your triple double cross crisscross applesauce, then you can go give us a five star <laughs> rating and review, and we'll read it out over the air. Cool. That was pretty good. I was I, I was hoping you were going to throw like a crisscross is going to make you jump, jump reference jump. in there. That's where I was going. <laughs> Sorry. All right. That is it for us, everyone. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye, everybody. See ya. Long and Thank you.